So I got to tell you, girl, hmm. I got this pair of underwear that I need to tell you about. Because, no, no, listen, it's got Captain America on it, but on the back, it says America's ass. Yeah. No, here's the thing. I officially, I'm I'm saying this, I'm putting this out there to Chris Evans, who we know, list, not the Chris Evans, but like Chris Evans, who actually played Captain America. Um, I'm putting this out because we know he listens to the pod, right? I mean, he probably listens Absolutely. to Chris All the Chris's get together and they listen, they even invite Chris Pine and they're like, come, let's listen to this podcast. Uh, I challenge you, Chris Evans, if you, I now have America's ass. So it's up to you to prove that you still have America's ass, buddy. So. I'm just saying, and this is not just me trying to get him to be in the same room as me to prove that he has America's ass. No, no, this is this is by, this is principle, Lauren. Stop it. Why would you even? Why would you even bring that up, Lauren? Why would you? Why? Even bring why, up? why would he have to be in the same room as you when he can just post a pic or video on Twitter, Instagram, and we can all just revel on it? So here's the thing, Lisa. It won't just be for you. It'll be for all of us. So think about Girl, that. You're supposed <laughs> to be on my side. You are supposed to be on my side in this. I can't believe it. I, listen, you're invited to come to the ass off, okay? You're invited. <laughs> the ass off. I love that. That's that. That's going to be Kurt's first appearance in the MCU. It's going to be the oh, ass off. The ass off. Oh, my God. Oh, speaking of... Okay, well, let's get it... Let, hey, let's get into what we're talking about today, right? I'm like, I was about to go off and talk about Wakanda forever because I just watched the trailer this morning. Oh, my God. So good. Made me cry. Uh, yep. Yeah, I know that we're supposed to talk about something else, but I just want to talk about this really quickly. It made me cry. I'm super excited about Namor. I am super excited about Blue Atlanteans because I just love blue people in general. And um, Chadwick Boseman, RIP, I love you. He was in one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time, which is where he played R. Kelly as a Disney princess. Mm. It's a long story. I showed you that one. It was, yeah, it's really yes. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, hi guys. Welcome back to Simply Simply, simply amazing, and we're here. And Lauren's doing little thing with her shoulders. I am Lisa yeah. Guys, aka the OG Nocturne, and I'm joined here by my fabulous co-host over here in red, lady in red, or just Lauren, whatever you prefer to call me. I, I, I'll take either one. Whatever. It's. I mean, it's. It's. You know, she looks like Scarlet Witch right now. Mm, look at that red. Oh, that that says something. People better watch out. It's it's a Monday, so you know Ooh. if I have Scarlet Witch vibes on a Monday, shit's about to go down. So let me tell you, Thanks. yeah, you know who doesn't like one Mondays? Wanda Maximoff. They didn't tell you that M Day M Day actually stands for Monday. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. Anyway, <laughs> I mean it's true though. So like, mm -hmm. it's stupid or not. She was like, literally, she was like, I got a case of the Mondays. No more mutants. That was basically what happened. It was just she woke up on the wrong side of the bed and she was like, I'm just done with these mutants. Stupid mutants. You, you, you know who else woke up on the wrong side of the bed and decided they were done with mutants? The Eternals in this oh. freaking Judgment Day event. Oh, fuck those Eternals. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're talking about Judgment Day today. It is uh, the big event coming up uh, with Marvel with with basically everything. It's the Eternals, the Avengers, and the X-Men. Before we actually get into the issue, I just want to say, like, 
Eternals, know your role. Sit down. Like, who who you? Who you? You, you had one movie and all of a sudden now you think you can take on the X-Men? Excuse me now. Thank you. Take, <laughs> take, take as many seats as you need because I have a question for you. I want to know where they got the audacity. <laughs> it's true. I mean... And it looks like, and, you know, we are talking spoilers for this issue, uh, so, you know, our obligatory spoiler warning. Um, it looks like this is all just Druig being a little piece of shit, too. Like. Well, yeah, I mean, Druig is kind of a piece of shit. He was, like, here's, okay, let's be real. I know, everything I know about the Eternals, I know from the movies, which I think is almost everybody, because who was an Eternals <laughs> fan before them? Like, really? Who was like, holy shit? Oh my god, finally, Druig, finally, we have Icarus in a movie. Like, who gives a shit, right? I mean, it's the Eternals. Like, literally, they made an Eternals movie because they couldn't make an X-Men movie, because that's what the fucking Eternals were. Let's be real. I mean, let's be real. We had a guy flying around shooting laser beams out of his eyes. That's an X-Men movie. I mean, yeah. But listen, I like that film. I like the concept of oh, the no, Eternals. I liked it, too. It was a good film. I liked it, too. But you're right. Like, this... Anyways, yeah, the, this whole, like... The turtles are like, we need to correct the deviation. It's just Druig being a little piece of shit. Like, and everybody's listening to him because he's the, like, head celestial or something. Like, he's the high bitch in charge, I guess. He's, like, the the forever eternal or something. So, um, everybody's just like, all right, we're going to just do what Druig says because that's how it works. And I'm here I, like... I prefer Druig from the movie, who was just basically Jim Jones, but without the death. Uh, so... But yeah, Druig's a dick, and he's just he, he's just like, yeah, they're deviants, FYI. And it's like, oh, okay, because you said so? Yeah, and and they just all go with it, though. Um, I will say, I thought it was interesting how in this issue, the Avengers were not there a lot. Like, it's very clear that the Avengers are just going to be, like, the middle man between the two. They're going to be like, stop fighting! Stop, guys! Can't we just come to you know, uh, a peaceful understanding and the X-Men are going to be like, um, they just want to wipe all of us out. Like, they're basically attempting genocide. Like, fuck that. And the Eternals are going to be like, but, but, you guys are deviants. We have to correct you. Let's just... Let me tell you, um, I just want to say, like, the Avengers, this is, the, the Avengers have a very long-standing, um, a, a very long-standing uh, tradition of kind of just like only getting involved in X-Men shit when the X when, when they can fuck with the X-Men and not mm -hmm. actually helping like let's bring it back to that fucking classic panel with Emma Frost I just pulled it up because I'm like I'm gonna read it verbatim where were the Avengers when Genosha died Iron Man where were you when our babies were burning like this 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 mm -hmm. is from like over 10 years ago maybe 15 years ago this image and nothing has changed Nothing has changed as far as the relationship the Avengers have with the X-Men, in my opinion. I mean, they're still kind of just like, it, it just seems very like the Eternals are like, we want to wipe them out. The uh, X-Men are like, uh, we don't want to die. And the Avengers are like, you know what? There's there's good people on both sides. Yeah. And I will say, I want to say, I, I wanted to say after you made your point and read that panel with Emma, um, that's like, well, at least now they're coming to the X-Men's aid right like they're they're coming but you're right that's not exactly what's happening like that's not the way this comes about in this issue like it's more like 
oh, they're realizing the Eternals are doing shit. And oh, why are the Eternals doing shit? And oh, well, this could hurt innocence. We probably shouldn't let that happen. And it has far less, so far at least, it's only the first issue, um, to do with, by the way, they're trying to wipe out all the mutant kind. Again, like the mutants can't breathe, guys. You want to know why the mutants decided to resurrect themselves and only themselves? Not only because of their logical reasons, but because fuck you, humans. Like, we, we're we resurrecting ourselves and you still think, like, we're trying to fuck with you. We separate ourselves on an entire other planet. And you yes. still think we're trying to fuck with you, humans. Like, we just want to fucking live. And you know what? I kind of feel that for our X-Men, for our mutants. See, here's the thing. I feel the mutant side. I feel the human side, too, though. Because, like, there's this really, that really, that panel where you see that woman crying and, like, Jean is reading her mind and she's like, how many times have you come back? My daughter is still dead. I get the human side of it because, you know, I can't imagine mourning. So I mean, I've mourned people in my life. Luckily, I mean, God bless, knock on wood. I haven't had anyone die other than like my grandparents. I haven't had anyone die young that was very close to me. Um, so like, I can't imagine the pain and wanting to bring that person back, but it's not feasible. They can't bring everybody back. They just can't do it. It's just not Possible. Yeah, well, and 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 I like that page too. That page was a really good moment, especially to kind of slap Scott in the face because you kind of see Scott being like, "Fuck, way, babe." For lack of a better way of putting it, I think that page where you know Jean dreaming that woman's mind, and Scott's just like, "Well, can't they just see?" And she's like, "No, Scott. Like these humans, you know, they have legit fears. They have you know legit shit going on." And Scott's just still kind of the uptight cop about it. Like, well, it doesn't matter because we got to do what's right. And it's like. Scott, you have to balance out the two. Like, yes, you may still need to do what you need to do, protect yourself, but you have to have some empathy as well. Um, but that said, at the end of the day, like, you're absolutely right. Like, there's a very human side to it, and and I think we as humans can relate. Like, I'm just imagining being a human with mutants, keeping that from me. You know, if I had lost somebody, I would, I'd be very upset oh, yeah. too. But like, bro, Especially like untimely, yeah, absolutely, right. But like. The mutants, they, they've just been, you know, they kept the secret for a while. It just came out. And now it's only getting proven why they kept it a secret. Because now they're getting fucking attacked on all sides. So like, I want to, you know what? I, all of this is, and, and we talked a little bit about this in um, the Hellfire Gala episode of just kind of, there seems to be like a little bit of a hubris coming about amongst the mutants as to. Yeah their place and again listen they have a place right of course everyone has a place but now that they are immortal essentially and now that there there just seems to be like this hubris of like well we're kind of separate and the fact of the matter is if they had not restarted the x-men team it would probably be a different thing because it's like what they've done is they've said okay so we are above and separate from all of you we've separated ourselves because we want our own place in the world fair they started the resurrection protocols because they keep getting murdered. Fair. But then they're like, now we're going to start this team and actually go out into the human world and like interact and do all this shit. And it's like, now it becomes, okay, but like, who are you? You know, in essence, mutants are just humans. They're, they're not celestials. They're not gods. They're just humans like everybody else. They just have powers. And so I think that part of it I can understand from the human side of it where it's like, who the fuck are you guys? Like, what, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, and especially when you take into like biblical context and like religious context where, you know, you know, in Christianity, the only person who's allowed to come back is Jesus. Right. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm 
I'm a pretty lapsed Catholic, but I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure like, that's, that's the idea in Christianity. So of course there's all of these things that are going to come up because death is such a stigmatized thing in our culture specifically. And there's so much religious text about it and so many things that people believe. And all of a sudden it's like these mutants show up and they're like, we can resurrect each other. And it's like, hold on a second. Like that, I, so I kind it kind of harkens back a little bit to like what happened in way of X where Kurt was really struggling with, you know, reconciling his Catholic faith with now this resurrection protocol. And now we're seeing it on like a global scale. Yeah. I like, I like a lot of the, the kind of themes you brought up there in terms of, like, we don't really, it's kind of undefined what the X-Men are right now, if that makes any sense. Because even though I think what you said is true, that they're essentially just humans with superpowers, right? And that's pretty much what they've been. At the same time, this Krakoan era has been re-evaluating what that looks like, what that actually means. I mean, now they're deviants. They weren't considered deviants before, so that's being explored. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how how powerful they are against the Eternals, right? Because I know, you know, especially us, we're like, oh, fuck the Eternals, fuck the Avengers, like, X-Men got this. But, I mean, power scale-wise, I mean, the Eternals are that. They're Eternal. They're Celestials. Like, they're they're pretty fucking hard to beat. Like, I, I can't imagine a singular mutant being able to take one out easily. You know, even, even one of the most powerful mutants, as much as I love our mutants. Um, it's not an easy task. And so, mm -hmm. it's going to be easy to... It, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds um, and, and that theme as well. And that's a good point for the humans. They, they don't really know what the X-Men are. And that's also a good point with the X-Men. It's like, okay, we were fine with you hiding away, doing your own thing. But now you're stepping back into the human world and that's creating a problem. You know, yes. that this is, this is now you're back in action and now you have to learn how to play by our rules again. But of course the X-Men, don't want to do that and and should they and blah 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 and so yeah i i like everything you said there it's it's going to be interesting um i and, was interested to see how powerful freaking uranus uranus however you say his name i'm just saying that was an interesting choice for a name uranus okay like i mean listen no os it's not uranus it's uranus or something uranus okay well you're I, I just, I just feel like the jokes, it, like, you know, like what happened to, what happened to Araco? Check your <laughs> know. Well, let's talk about that because before we, get, okay, before we get into that, I wanted to just make one more point about the yeah. whole, um, human mutant thing. Um, and before we even get into that, we need to talk about Kurt because he's actually does shit in this book, which is awesome. Um, but as far as the so so the mutant metaphor has always been like a metaphor for minorities, but kind of where it it it, it or or just like how you know uh, minorities are you know affected in the world, but like the where it, the place where it kind of it, it separates right is that these mutants actually do have the power to destroy things. Like they are actually dangerous. Not all of them, but some of them can be severely dangerous just by mm -hmm. and and without even in without even the intention right so a lot of like for example i remember i read i reread the bendis run that had that one mutant who basically like just killed everybody like it was all he could do was just kill um and so like i could see the fear also from the side of the humans being like okay well what if they've got this rogue mutant who's like whose side are mutants on right because if they, if if they are like oh like one 
being together or like one group and they all support each other because the humans don't know the humans have no idea about the pit they don't know about the quiet council they don't know how mutants handle their own issues so for them i could see them being like well if there's a rogue mutant who's freaking destroying new york city and then all of a sudden and we take them down what's to say the freaking mutants are going to bring them back and he's just going to start again you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's like this never-ending cycle of and again, it's that's not the intention of the X-Men and, and mutants on Krakoa, but humans don't fucking know any of it. They don't know anything. Sure. So that they, and they, they, their fear is valid in that case, I think. Yeah, and, and all these things are going to be explored and tested, I'm sure. I don't know how in-depth they'll go into the humans' concerns. Honestly, I'm kind of thinking that we're going more in-depth on the human side probably, yeah, probably. than this own line is because you have so many different teams involved. And they're all, you know, so big with their own issues. Um, But yeah, I agree with all that. And uh, you mentioned him earlier, uh, Mr. Kurt. So yes, Kurt is in this issue. He's there with his two parents. Uh, Not that red guy. Don't know who that is. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know him. Don't know him. So, um, but he's there with his two parents. I don't know why they can't put Rogue in there too. Like, just give me the whole family, but it's fine. Someone um, did Photoshop Rogue in and it was super convincing. Like back when it was just a preview and it didn't have all the all the bubbles, like mm-hmm. someone did Photoshop it Rogue in and it was very convincing to the point where a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh my God, we're finally getting the, the reunion, the family reunion. Damn. And it was like, yeah, so that was funny. Damn. Yeah, see, if somebody, if somebody can Photoshop it in, well, I don't understand how you just can't make it happen on panel, y'all. I just don't. But whatever. For whatever reason, they didn't. But we get that we get that little moment, you know, with Kurt and Mystique and Destiny. Um, what did you think about that first moment, those first couple pages? Well, so as far as that moment, I I want to say that like when Destiny says there will always be a war, I'm like, there's nothing more American than that right there. Yeah, there's always gonna be a war. It's never gonna end. Um, and Kurt's response is like, I don't need your cynicism. And Raven's like, like, whose baby? Whose kid are you? Like, you're clearly not my kid. That's just so, I read that line and I was like, oh, so can we, can we question parentage now, Marvel? Are you trying to start that conversation? Because I'm here, do it more. (laughs) I mean, I'll take it. I'll take anything they can give me. And I like how Kurt's like, yeah, uh, genetics isn't destiny, Raven. No, destiny's your mom, bitch. All right. Listen, that was the line where I said, oh, so you're going to officially make Destiny his mother. Thank you. Keep going. Do it more. (laughs) Although, like, here's the thing. Mystique makes a fucking good point. Um, And she says, you will be hated for what you are for every second of your life. And I'm like, "Eh." I feel like somebody, there's somebody in the past, some X-Men character, some mutant that's, and it might have been Mystique. That's essentially said that before, particularly to Kurt. Maybe Logan said it to him at one point or something, but I doubt it because, you know, when Logan would talk to Kurt about stuff, he would try to uplift him, you know? Um, but I feel like somebody said that, and maybe that maybe it's just from the old X-Men films, but somebody said a line like that. I, it's like, you will always be hated. Do you, do you know what, do you know what just, I think? Do you know what you made me think of? Is hmm. It's not exactly the same, but the scene between Nightcrawler and Mystique in X2 has a similar feel to it. Where yeah. he asks her, why don't you just hide all the time if you can? And she's like, because we shouldn't have to. And it's got that same kind of um, feeling of it where it's, wh- whereas you have two characters who kind of are, are, have very similar backgrounds as far as they, you know, are blue and they 
um, you know, are hated for what they look like because they look differently. And on one side, you have one who's like, wow, I wish I could hide it. Or, you know, and the other side is someone who's like, we don't have to hide. We shouldn't have to do it. And I think this is kind of similar where Kurt still sees the good in trying to fit in and the good in humanity and the good in trying to reach out to the other side. Whereas Raven is like, it doesn't matter how much you fucking reach. They're not going to reach back. Like, so I, I that's yeah. what I get from it. Yeah. And honestly, of all the people to know that or to have that point of view, like Raven, I think whether you want to agree with her or not, because I don't want to agree with her, but like of all, we don't even know how long that, that, you know, woman, you know, whatever her gender really is, who knows? We don't know how long Mystique's been alive. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't know Mystique's true, actual true form. We know what it's, what we've been told it is. We don't know how true that is. We don't know how Mystique was born. So it's like Mystique could, I mean, Mystique could have been alive you know, uh, you know, half the length of an eternal, at least, which is insane to think about. So, like, well, even if why you just can't take, you say that, you know? Yeah, but even if you just take into consideration the amount of time that Mystique has, that we know she's been alive, right? So we know that she was an adult at like at like the end of the eighteen hundreds. We know that. So she's probably been around since, probably been around since like at at the very least, probably been around since just after the Civil War. Granted, she's European um or that we know of kind of she's again from europe exactly everything is like this is what we know but like that could change if we find out something else yeah but like look at the world that mystique has seen just in the time that we know she's been alive so she's been through like two world wars she's been through more than several other wars on top of that you know vietnam korea uh, all the different wars that have happened overseas that we don't are that the United States isn't involved in. And of course our education system doesn't teach us about because you know, if we're not involved, who gives a shit. Right. Um, and then she's been through all that. She saw the Holocaust. She's seen like all these, like, and not just the Holocaust. She's seen like there was the, um, see, this is, this is me just basing my information on stuff I've seen online and not stuff we were actually taught, but the Holocaust that happened in, uh, in Africa by the Dutch, I think it was in like the early Mm. part of the 1900s like she's seen she's seen more than one genocide in her time right Right. she's seen humans perpetuate this over and over again against people they see as different and other whereas kurt kurt's young kurt's only been alive as long as he's been alive and with the sliding time scale even with the sliding time scale if if we take that out of consideration completely he was introduced in 1975 he was about 18 when he was introduced born 1957 same year as my mom uh ish right um he doesn't have that same context he like he he would have been getting like coming up around the time of the civil rights movement in the united states granted he's in germany but like he would have been like kind of a kid growing up during that time Mm. and that's a totally different type of time right because one thing i'm learning as i least as i listen to more uh world history or uh, especially u.s history podcasts is that as much as we think things are changing and getting worse, it's actually no, it's actually we go through this fucking cycle over and over again. And I think I could see Mystique looking at it and being like, you think there's progress happening. You think that this is going to get better. You have to understand that just because you see things getting better doesn't mean we can rest back and we can say, and we can just rest our laurels and say everything's solved because someone's going to show up who's going to turn it all around, which is, which we've seen in this country, even like in the past couple of years, we've seen yeah. shit happening that like, 
ask anybody 20 years ago, would you, could you even imagine Nazi flags marching down the streets of the United States and people be like, absolutely fucking not. That's crazy. And now it's happening. So it's like this weird cycle that we go through as a society. And I think that that for her, she's been through so many of them that she's seen that. And she's just like, you know, the war is never over. And I think that's part of what destiny says too. There's always a war. Yeah. Cause it's, there's never time to not fight because it's it, there. Like it, there's the moment you stop is the moment that somebody's going to come and take that opportunity to, you know, ruin everything you've done, which we've seen RIP Roe v. Wade. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, there's a uh, mystique. I'm surprised they just tried to give her the line of look, there's a reason I threw you off that cliff, Kurt. And it's cause look, those people, we're chasing us again. They were like, you know, like you said, she, she seen it all. Um, I did like that. We got that moment with the fam. I definitely think we need a, uh, full dark home family reunion. Still. Remy's gotta and be that, there too. Remy, Remy, he's, he's married in. He's gotta be there. Yeah. I mean, you gotta bring the fam. I mean, listen, when Kurt and Wanda get married, Wanda's oh going to be there and Mystique's going to be so pissed. Desi's going to be pissed as shit in particular. Cause she's like, you really married the woman that said no more mutants. No, really Destiny's, Kurt? No, Desi's not going to be pissed because Destiny, Ra- Raven might be pissed. Uh, Magneto will be fucking thrilled. Destiny will be like, I see what's coming. You're going to have Nocturne. Okay, girl, it's all worth it. I feel like I, I think she'll still be petty like she is with Gambit, though, because it's like even though like in that one X-Men issue, I think X-Men number nine or something where, you know, you have Destiny and Gambit chatting and stuff like Destiny totally knows that Gambit's good for Rogue. She 100 percent knows that, but that's not going to stop her from being petty because she doesn't want Gambit to be good for her daughter. And she still doesn't think so, even though she actually literally knows it. Like, it's not just like oh, fine, I guess you're good for her. It's like, no, literally Dusty can see that he's good for her and she's still going to be petty. <laughs> but that's because that's because Remy is the guy that no mo- no mother wants their daughter to marry. No mother wants their daughter to marry Gambit. Like, it, okay, if you look at like the, the, the pedigree or the credentials of between Wanda and Gambit, right? Wanda committed genocide against the mutants. Okay, yeah, true. But she's an Avenger. She's mm-hmm. also part Romani, right? So she's his people. She is uh, Magneto's daughter. Um, like, she's got all that. Whereas Remy, he's just the Prince of Thieves. Like, I mean, it's just, and he's a bit of a cad. And, you know, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a history. So here's the thing. I think that Destiny would rather have a genocidal daughter-in-law than a King of Thieves son-in-law. Genocidal daughter-in-law. You know, I might have to question. You might be right, uh, but if you are, I mean, she's married to Mystique. Is there? Like, she's married to Mystique, right? Like, yeah, but like, they have a cause for their terrorism and stuff. What was Wanda's? Oh, I'm upset. Like, I, I just don't see where she would understand Wanda there. Like, I feel because again, Destiny's whole thing is protect mutants. Destiny's whole thing is. No, and she pro- she probably would, but at the same time, again, Destiny's whole thing, her two whole things in life are mystique and pretending mutant kind at whatever cost. That is it. Yeah, and but- so like Wanda was like one of the biggest direct threats ever to mutant kind by saying three fucking words. However, Kurt and Wanda will make more mutants, whereas Remy and Rogue have already made clear they're not having kids; they're just having cats. So, mm. and we all know when it comes to a mother-in-law, it's all about the grandkids. Yeah. 
that that's probably true, especially with Destiny. She's like, look, I see ya, I see ya. Look, Wanda, you pissed me off, but just give me the grandkid and we're good. Oh, no. Let, let me be clear. Destiny will not be nice to Wanda, but she'll <laughs> accept her. Like, Destiny will still, like, Destiny would, oh my god, Wanda will live on Reddit in just no ML, M-I-L, like, just no mother-in-law. She'll live Listen, there. there, listen, so, in order to make it work, though, they will have to make it canon again that Wanda's an actual mutant. Because oh, yeah. I don't think Destiny, listen, again, Destiny might have issues with Gambit and Remy and all that, but, like, I mean, imagine you know your child that's a mutant and you're all about mutant kind and all this shit marrying not a mutant or being with not a mutant i think she i i do think she'd have a little judgment on that like speaking of judgment day she'd have some judgment <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 100 percent. all right well let's get back to the issue because we we've definitely i listen i could talk about curtain wand all day and i will so uh but we should probably get back to talking about the issue um let me open it back up Oh, I wanted, uh, do we do, is there something else we need to get to before we talk about what happened to Araco? No, let's talk about Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. To Uranus. Oh. Uranus. It, it, I know, you, you're just all about that ass today, Lisa, but we, we got just, things to do. <laughs> I'm all about that ass. All about that ass today. I just, again, I, I don't know that this is a character that has existed already. I don't know anything about this shit, but it, again, it's just an unfortunate name. Listen, um, and speaking of unfortunate, um, so by the looks um, of what we've been shown in this issue, um, Uranus, Uranus, however you say that little butthead's name, um, has just wiped out Araco. I mean, what the fuck? Like, Storm could be there, uh, Magneto, all these well, other Storm characters. and Magneto were there. I mean... So did Uranus just wipe them all out? Are they... And, okay, here's the other thing, too, with Storm and Magneto. In X-Men Red, right before this event happened, Magneto crushed and destroyed all their backups. So Storm and Magneto's backups are gone. So that means if Storm and Magneto are gone, then they can't, supposedly, can't be resurrected. Do you think that somebody still kept a backup for them if... They were killed. I don't think they kept a backup, but we still have the Elysian Fields and anybody can be brought back through the Elysian Fields. So, mm, and it's like, point. it's literally like Wanda created it. I mean, she's not going to bring daddy back. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's. She's about to run and be like, fuck the Avengers. Fuck everybody. Where's my father right now? And I'm assuming that that means that they can, even though the Iraqi don't have backups and they don't believe in the re uh, resurrection protocols, I'm assuming that also means that all of the Iraqi can be brought back. That's going to be interesting because I imagine that I, I imagine that's going to be a really weird decision to ha have made because of those who like, first of all, you need to bring Storm Magneto back before you bring the Iraqi back because Storm Magneto know that know the Iraqi better than anyone else that's on Krakoa, I would say, other than maybe other Iraqi who happen to be on Krakoa right now, maybe like weaponless zen or whatever before you start bringing back all the iraqi because i mean if they don't want to come back if it, like you know i mean maybe I, I don't know much about the iraqi i have to be honest but if they have like you know their you know own kind of faith where it's like you know they believe in like an afterlife or something for them uh to bring them back would be an enormous uh 
like slap in the face if that's not what they want and that's not what they intend. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide. I don't think they wiped out all of Iraqo. I think it's like just that area of Iraqo was wiped yeah, out. Yeah, where but the I guess- gate is. Yeah, and Kurt managed to squeak by. He got through. Thank God. God bless. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, because I can't, you know, I can't lose him again. I, I uh, saw a glimpse of real Kurt there. Can you believe? If real Kurt When's he going to around? It wasn't a furt. Uranos came and it wasn't a furt. Thank God. <laughs> I'm just being five years old right now. I'm so glad it wasn't a furt, like... But again, the second we get real Kurt, we we lose him just as quickly. So it's it's like when when's it gonna stick around? Like, is Judgment Day gonna help him stick around after this event, or is this gonna make it worse? I don't know. But I did like seeing the little action from Kurt and that he was getting to be more of the hero we know him to be instead of staying around being a cop and talking about wherever the fuck the spark is. Like, oh yeah. And the last thing we really need to discuss is uh, they kill the five. Yeah, but they brought him back. They did bring him back. Um, stop stop trying to... Marvel, stop trying to make Egg happen. Stop. Enough. His name is Gold Balls. Stop trying to make Egg happen. It's not gonna happen. Exactly, Gretchen Wieners. It's not happening. <laughs> it's just like, God. Egg. Egg. I like. Here's the thing. I don't understand how anybody can... I... I mean, I love Rest of Development, so when I see Egg, all I can think of is Anne from Rest of Development. Be like, her? Yes. Like, you know, like, it's just Egg. It's such a terrible name, Egg. Gold Balls. Gold Balls is stupid, too, but at least Gold Balls is, like, has, like, the kitschy kind of camp about it. Egg yes. is just, like, what you put on a fucking sandwich. Yeah, it. it I agree. It, it, it's not as fun there, for sure. Um... But in all seriousness with the five, like, that was kind of wild to see was them be like, oh, okay, great. Let's just attack the five and take them out easily. And it was like, and it was, I don't know, I guess as an X-Men fan, even though it wasn't surprising to see that happen, it was surprising to see that happen, one, in the first issue of this event. And two, it was like kind of an eye-opener, like, even to me as a fan of how vulnerable the mutants are right now, how vulnerable Krakoa is. Like you just get in one way and do one or two things and everything they've done, everything they've built is gone. Um, So even though like we've, we've known this in the back of our heads logically, I know for me, it was just kind of like, Oh my fucking God. Like they could take this from us like that if they wanted to like, fuck that. Oh, 100%. Well, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about Mystique talk and like the idea of resting on your laurels. Like just because things are going good now doesn't mean that the fight is over. The fight is doesn't end. And sometimes and that's unfortunate. It really fucking sucks that like it's the work that it's like that. But that's the way it is. And and yeah, like it, it it's kind of crazy that they were able to they were so there are five people, five people who just between those five people can do this. They don't have a single backup. They don't have any backups. They have no, like certain, certain characters, certain ones they probably could easily get a backup for. Like they probably could get someone to back up for hope. Like who's there to back up for it? Gold balls. Like who's creating fucking eggs? You know who's what I mean? there like, to back up for gold balls, guys? That's the real question of this event. You know who it's not? It's not Uranus. That's for sure. <laughs> 
I can't get over that fucking name. I can't get over it. I just can't. Between Uranus and America's ass today, like your brain's just, you're broken right now. It's all about those butts. All about those butts. I I gotta say, speaking of ass, I I don't think this event is ass so far, which is nice. I think this event actually has stakes, which is cool. Um, Definitely most of the stakes are on the X-Men though, which is not as cool because... They're my babies, and I will fight anybody. If they're if I have to go through another genocide of the mutants, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Let's let's not let this be where this goes. Yeah, it's just enough genocides, guys. Enough with that stuff. It's just I'm as tired as Mystique. Enough. Come up with something new. Like why is it always genocide? Like at least switch up your terrible things. I will say one of the things that I kind of like would love to see more, and I know several people have said it, like I I just want to see stories where the X-Men aren't fighting all the time. I'd love to see like a story or two. Like remember back in the day when they would play baseball? Yeah. They should have some just like reality TV shit. Like that's why I was enjoying, that's why I have been enjoying Immortal X-Men because it's been a mix of just reality kind of drama shit. Like even though there's real stakes in Immortal X-Men that line right now, um, it's just also been just like a lot of petty shit on the Quiet Council, which is great. Yes. Mixed in with some, you know, you know, deep feelings. Like uh, we haven't talked about on Pod yet, but Immortal X-Men 4 that was focused on Emma Frost. I mean, that had me just like in a ball being like, God damn it, Emma, you're making me feel things like, and I like that. I like that balance. So yeah, I'd like to see more of that as well with the X-Men, but yeah, I don't know. It seems like there's always, there's always this internal pressure. Marvel is putting on themselves or maybe we as fans do, you know, that's possible Um, where it's like, we need big fights all the time. It's like, no, like, Again, X-Men number nine, where Destiny and Gambit are just, you know, chewing each other out is one of my favorite issues. And that's most of the issue is just them chewing each other out. And then there's some Iraqi politics. But like. Exactly. It's just everything doesn't have to be a world ending situation. Everything like we can have fun little side things. We can do these fun little things. Everything doesn't have to be like something that's going to change the entire world. And I don't know. Maybe this is just me um being a jaded ass now 40 year old uh but like the world kind of sucks as it is like it's hard Mm. the world is hard enough like we don't need all of our entertainment to be this hard to be hard too and don't get me wrong i'm enjoying it i'm gonna keep reading it but like it it's it gets harder and harder when it's like uh those of us you know day to day are, are like seeing you know rights being taken away for ourselves and for different groups and and then going to our media and the same thing happening. And it's just like, okay, good. we need some levity. We need some levity. That's, I think the one thing that's really missing right now from the X-Men is levity. I'm trying to think of like the book, the fun book. What's the fun book? That's we out? don't like, have it. Was it. Hellion. it was Hellions for a while. It was the fun book. Like, well, and that was what was funny is that Hellions was both the fun book and also one of the most depressing books, but bounced it perfectly. You know, I could be laughing one page, the next page you know, wanting to die. And then the next page I'm laughing again somehow. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Like there is no, there, there really is no actual levity. Like they just need to bring Hellions back. Zeb, come back for Spider-Man. Spider-Man does not need you right now. The X-Men do. I'm sorry, sir, but <laughs> the X-Men need you. It doesn't even need to be Hellions, but like, so like what the Krakoa era set up beautifully that I feel like they didn't really take advantage of was now we have a place where mutants can be mutants and they can, they can live 
at, just like humans do. So here's the thing. Not every single mutant who's living on Krakoa is going to be an X-Man or a Legionnaire or whatever the fuck else you want to call it. Like, not every single one is going to be working with Knights of X or whatever else. There's all these mutants who are living there who are just living their lives. I I think it would have been a brilliant idea to bring back um, X-Statics during this time. Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant. Because what really, when it comes down to it, when you have a civilization, the first thing, like, when, when a civilization comes together, they start creating art. And they start creating the, the art that makes sense to them. And again... Calling reality TV art is an enormous reach, right? However, it doesn't. Why would they not have a reality show about mutants? I don't know. Like, like they should. They should have like a whole. It reminds me of like the the Age of X Men Nightcrawler series where they had like movie studios and like I, I would read the hell out of that. Two mm-hmm. two movie studios who are fighting for each other on Krakoa, like fighting for, for supremacy. I just want. I would love to see uh, some stories told with incredibly low stakes. And, but fun. Like, I just, I'm just getting really, I'm going to keep reading. I'm enjoying it. It's my escape, but I'm tired. I don't want my escape to become like a reminder of my day to day. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. And, you know, maybe after this summer event that Marvel has to do this judgment day, maybe they'll get a vacation. Like maybe we'll get some fun stuff. Maybe the levity will come after this, but I, 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 that might just be wishful thinking. We'll see. We'll see. Right now, the Marvel just w- desperately wants the Eternals to happen. They're not going to happen. You tried with the Inhumans. It didn't work. Well, I don't know why you think the Eternals are going to make a difference. Got them. That, that's it. That's, that is the T right there. Yes. Well, for Judgment Day, Judge Lisa says, B plus. B plus. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, listen, it's, it, I, I'm not going to say, like, A or A plus because, like, that's like, oh, my God, I couldn't put it down. Like yeah. I like that's like a mortal X Men has been like that for me like every like at the end of every issue I'm like holy mm-hmm. shit for the next one, um, however uh, yeah no I'm, I it's a setup we'll see what's gonna come from it we'll see what's gonna happen we'll see where the story leads and hopefully we when we come out the other side we see some interesting new uh, like status quos for I guess our mutants our Avengers our Eternals well the Avengers never fucking change um, but. Well, the thing is, the Avengers never change because the Avengers don't have to change. The Avengers right. aren't like the X Men are a people, like they're they're like a they're a race of people. Whereas like the like the Avengers are just a fucking team. So yeah, you know they have a you know if mutants have like a bad mutant, they that reflects on all mutants, unfortunately. Whereas if the Avengers have a bad member, it's just like well that bitch went crazy. Let's just send her to genocide people. Woo! Great job, Avengers! Great job. Listen, the Avengers have not do not have a good track record for taking care of their shit, as we've seen in, as we've seen with Scarlet Witch. It's so, true. Well, it's like, oh, the, we we've got a we've got a we've got a, a difficult woman. What should we do? I don't know, brainwasher. You know what we're gonna see. Um, I don't think the Eternals are much better. So, uh, just by that alone, the X Men are superior. Thank you very much. Judgment Day rules that um X Men are everything. Woohoo! That's my take. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. That's the end. That's Judge Lauren. <laughs> it is written. Um. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you all for coming and joining us for Judgment Day. Uh, please let let us know your judgments on Judgment Day. Tell us what you think about this uh huge event. If you think it's going to be amazing, if you think it's just going to be Uranus, uh, whatever you think, just let us know because we are excited to hear about it. And of course, you can come find us on any of our socials. Lauren, tell them where they can find you. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FriendlyMBHDBI. Um, and, you know, if you for some reason don't already, you know, be sure to follow the Simply Amazing Twitter at Simply A-M-Z-I-N-G-P-O-D. Um, and, yeah, like Lisa said, let us know. I liked how you said it. Your judgments on Judgment Day. Yes, give us your judgments. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us anywhere else, just find us on our website. It's SimplyAmazingPod.com. It's got all of our twits and tweets and instas and whatever else we do we've got a whole section if you want to come on the show and be our guest please come and let us know we will literally talk about anything um we also have our red bubble shop where we are raising money for uh many different causes uh with our shirts we have the trevor project shirt we're raising money with we also have um by the time this comes out it should be up because i've seen the preliminary sketch and i have to share it with you lauren because it's hilarious we will we have a uh a shirt that's going to benefit Planned Parenthood and other abortion funds in the country uh, as well. So please take a look out for those. Uh, I, I'm going to give you a hint as to our new shirt design. Um, yeet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeet. Uh, yeah. So guys, yeah, check it out. Uh, if you like us, read us, rate us, review us, subscribe. Uh, if you love us, go back and listen to some of our old stuff. We, uh, we have done some amazing it, it, episodes in the past with uh, some great guests. I'll be posting some of those up uh, re, uh, in the next couple days because we are getting close to our one year anniversary. I know it's coming so fast. I can't believe it's been a year. I can't believe I've, I've spent an entire year looking at you, Lauren. That's wild. I can't believe it either. Like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Oh, shush, shush, shush. Oh my gosh, it was a joke. I wasn't trying to go there. Oh my gosh, no, you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. And you know, gorgeous. You know who else is beautiful and gorgeous? You, you who's listening right now, you're not just beautiful and gorgeous. You are simply amazing. <laughs> <laughs>